is out of our hands at this point and it's in the hands of the citizens of Williamson County, this state and this country. All public health can do is mitigate as much as we can. Hi, I'm Richard Stone, and this is The Ragged Edge. My guest this week is Derek Neal. Derek is the executive director of the Williamson County and Cities Health District. We thought the time exactly right to bring Derek onto the pod, talk about the spread of the COVID-19 pandemic in Wilco, and some of the myths about the disease that need to be debunked. And where do we go from here? We'll get to the interview in just a minute, but first, your questions. Hi, Richard. Thank you so much for taking our questions. I have one that has plagued me for a very long time, and I haven't been able to find anyone that can give me a good answer. This one's tough, but what I need to know most of all is where do the lost socks go in the dryer? You know how you always put in equal sets of pairs, right? And then you're pulling them out, and suddenly you have an odd number. Where do they go? I really need to figure this out. Thanks. Oh, oh, I see how this is going to go. Yeah. Uh, perhaps I ought to give the audience a little bit of background. Uh, a couple of days ago when I was, uh, I knew I was going to put this show together and get it ready and mixed down, uh, I put on the Ragged Edge Facebook page that I uh, was interested in questions that folks had and told a couple of people to just call my phone. I'd let it go to voicemail and we'd record it here. I uh, did not expect a question about lost socks, and I, I, I get it. Um, uh, you, you know, we do our laundry, and we put, at the end of the day or at the end of the laundry cycle, we put all the socks into the laundry basket and then fold the laundry out of there, and, and, and uh, there are one or two maybe mateless socks in there, and we just leave the mateless socks in the laundry basket until... Um, you know, until the next time and thinking that, oh, well, you know, maybe it'll show up and those socks will show up later. I think we've got a dozen. Yeah, maybe 18 mateless socks in our laundry basket right now. Um, I, yeah, I'll give you some some science here. You know, maybe it got, uh, uh, you know, you overloaded your your um, uh, your laundry, uh, your washing machine and then it got uh sucked into the creeping yawning abyss of the of the drum who knows and then the heat and everything caused it to get and, and the rotation caused it to get sucked into the wastewater hose that's one possibility uh, it could still be under your bed you know that's another possibility or behind the sofa or or underneath the TV stand I don't know what you do when you come home and how you uh, how you change out of your work clothes and into your um, uh, in, into your hanging around the house clothes. Uh, one smart aleck on that thread said that they turn into Tupperware lids. And that's a distinct possibility, too, because I, I know that we have a drawer full of Tupperware, and there's an awful lot of lids, but I can never find the lid that I'm looking for. So maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, I have a personal favorite and that is that they become wire coat hangers i've got an awful lot of wire coat hangers hanging around um and i haven't been to the dry cleaners enough to justify the number of wire hangers that we have in in the closet so that's my pet theory i don't know if you got a better answer give me a shout i'll bring it on another uh i'll bring it out on uh, a future show 
Richard. This is your neighbor, Linda Lockney, calling, and I am just very curious about why it took our mayor out here in Taylor so long to respond to the coronavirus uh, spike. It just seems like with every area around here um, responding earlier, it should have taken our mayor much quicker to uh, respond to it and the people that be. Anyway, have a good evening. Goodbye. Well, hi, neighbor. Uh, Thank you. I hope everything's going well. That's really kind of more the question I was expecting when I put the word out for questions. Uh, I'm I'm going to do my best. Um, I'm not sure, honestly, he could have reacted much more quickly than he did. If you'll recall, we had a vigil, uh, kind of a Black Lives Matter vigil at uh, Heritage Park on, I want to say it was the 9th of June. Um, And at that point, if you go back and you look at the the county's website, you can see where infection rates were and positivity rates and things like that. Actually, we were about as low as we've been since this whole thing began. By Friday of that week, of that very same week, it started to, is when it started to, to escalate a little bit. It, it, in fact, the infection rate doubled. I think it was like 1.7 around the first of that week. And by the end of the week, the infection rate had increased to 3.6. And at that point, the city started taking steps to close the parks. Uh, you have to remember that uh, the mayor doesn't have very many tools. Um, The governor, uh, back in the 1st of May, basically took all the tools out of the toolbox that local governments and local authorities could use to uh, curb the pandemic or curb the spread of the pandemic. Um, In fact, the governor, about that point, took away the authority of local governments to enforce the governor's own executive orders. Uh, you remember there was the barbershop controversy or the hairdresser controversy up in Dallas. There was uh, uh, a lot of different things going on. So Mayor Rydell really didn't have very many tools left. So on on uh, on that Friday the 12th of June, he actually shut down Taylor Little League, uh, all the, 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 the sporting events that were to be held in the city parks. Uh, and he got a lot of pushback for that. Um, and it wasn't until, I believe, the next week that the county government, I think it was the Bear County judge, kind of read between, deciphered the governor's uh, executive orders and realized that, oh, well, there is one thing we can do, and that is to make businesses require that their customers and their employees wear masks. Um and that they they got a lot of pushback for that too uh, that particular county but they put it in place uh, Austin followed suit pretty quickly after that um, and Travis County followed suit pretty pretty quickly after that and I believe I suspect that Mayor Rydell was looking to our county government to take action and the county government uh, didn't take any action and then, uh, so now we're the next week, which was actually the last week, um, I suspect, again, I don't know this, but I suspect that all the city governments in Williamson County did some um, 
um, consultation uh, uh, kind of behind the scenes because um, in order to do something kind of, of, of where everybody did it all at the same time. Because it didn't do a whole lot. It wouldn't do a whole lot of good if Taylor did it, and then Hutto didn't do it, or Round Rock doesn't do it, or Georgetown, or whatever. And on Monday, so during the day on Monday, uh, we got word that um, yeah, that the different cities in the county were going to take action and take it kind of uh, unif- in, in a uniform and 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 concerted effort. Excuse me, and and a concerted effort, and they did. Uh, it took a couple of days for it all to go into effect. Uh, I'm recording this on Wednesday morning um, for the Friday broadcast, and it goes into effect today. A mask ordinance goes into effect today. The, uh, I would say that I would have liked to have seen him act a little more a little more quickly on this. I think we all would. I think he wanted to. Um, everything that that, that 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 I've heard and I've seen leads to, to leads me to believe that uh, he wanted to do something last week, but he wanted it wanted to do it in concert with the other city governments in in Wilco. Um, so I hope that kind of answers your question. Uh, I'm sure he'll hear this and he will. Um, and if he doesn't, I'll send him a link. Um, and, but I hope that that kind of kind of answers your question. We recorded this interview with Derek Neal on Monday. Since then, most of the cities in Williamson County have adopted some sort of order that forces local businesses to require that their customers and employees wear a mask. Uh, That means that we've joined uh, the cities and counties all up and down the I-35 corridor and even includes Milam County to our east. Friends, the numbers are just getting worse. So now, let's hear from Derek Neal. Derek, can I help you? Hi, Derek. This is Richard Stone. I had set up a call with you uh, through Deb Strayer. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm prepared. You're prepared? Well, good. Yes. You were awful prepared last Thursday night. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and, and, and your message Thursday is, is uh, last week is part of what prompted me to want to uh, have a conversation with you a little bit. Um, but before we get going, some of the things that one of the things that Dr. Palazzo noted uh, made me want to ask this first, and that is, how are you guys doing? Um, how are y'all holding up? I mean, I emotionally, guess- it's, emotionally, it's tough because uh, COVID, unlike a lot of um, well, we, we, we haven't had a pandemic in 108 years, but unlike a lot of other public health responses, it's not only affecting us personally. We have to come to work and live with it, and we take it home with us every day. So I'm real concerned about our mental health, but mm-hmm. we have a very resilient team that uh, supports each other. But that's one of the things um, that I think about a lot as the executive director in terms of uh, our our ability to, to hold up for something that's going to uh, take quite a time to work through. Right, right. Uh, how's your wife holding up? 
I mean, uh, she's, she's got to she's she, got to listen to this every night when you get yeah, home. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> she, she, she she does. She's uh, she she helps me uh, detach from it uh, because she knows that I have to be there for my staff uh, every day. So uh, she she's uh, extremely supportive, but. I live it as well because she works in corporate America. So she's dealing with the stressors on her side as well in terms of uh, being able to stabilize the economy. So we're, we're all, we're all living it. So I, I worry about uh, their emotional help. So a lot of praying, a lot of uh, just holding each other up through, throughout these, this process and um, have a really good board of health that, su- that supports us uh, tremendously as well. Right, right. Uh, being a uh, being in the news, so to speak, or you know, buried in the news part of this, uh, my wife has to live it as well. I've kind of lived it pretty intensely, but nothing like what you guys have. I'm quite sure. Um, the um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, one of the things that you said uh, Thursday that really struck me is how somehow how politicized this thing has become. Why do you think that is? Because it directly impacts commerce. It directly impacts business. And it, it, it in, uh, in, in directly impacts everyone's ability to uh, sustain themselves. Mm-hmm. So we knew uh, way back in uh, the end of December, the beginning of January, when we saw the impacts of the virus in different countries, that we will be facing that. And possibly even accepting responsibility uh, for this from a public health perspective. And a lot of our fears have come to pass. Right. Right. Um, I, the, the, the comment that you made that, that struck me was it's the first time in your 20 years in public health that an issue like this has been so heavily politicized. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, just today on social media, <clears throat> Um, some of the stuff that I'm seeing and I've seen concerning the numbers being skewed or being manipulated somehow. Um, how, how do you react to people who, who who say that public health officials and the media are purposefully spreading fear and hysteria? It's no empirical evidence. It's no validity to that. Um, every decision that we make, uh, not only at the CDC level, but even at the state and the localized level, is all rooted in scientific data. We make decisions based on data, and that's why this particular response is an epi is an epi response. Mm-hmm. It's rooted in epidemiology, and we uh, you hear a lot about contact tracing. Everything that we do is evidence based, and we can prove why we do it. And, and that's always been our message, uh, the, the social distancing, the wearing the face mask uh, more recently, but the social distancing are things that we've been talking about all year. Right, right. Um, the one of the, 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 the comments that I've heard uh, repeatedly, actually, and from from some people who I feel like should know better, uh, say that um, the numbers are inflated. The, the 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 deaths and the infections attributed to COVID nineteen are they're really flu, and they're just being labeled COVID nineteen for no real reason. And you know, some people are saying, "Yeah, did that guy get run over by a truck, or was it COVID nineteen?" Um, and, and I know those are some of the more um, fringe. Kind 
kinds of things, but it's amazing to me how often I see that, especially when posted along, um, for instance, just a news story that says these are the number of new cases today. These are the this is the the infection rate. This is the test positivity rate. Uh, and they're like, yeah, but that's that stuff's wrong. And it's like, how do you how do you debunk that or can you debunk that? The only thing that we can do is tell the truth. And, and the one thing about the truth, it never changes. You know, lives change all the time. Are, are you can't are they indefensible? Uh, but but what I can tell you is that we, we, you remember SARS. SARS was a coronavirus. Right. The, the reason this is called COVID nineteen is because this specific strand uh, was first uh, detected during that time, which was December of two thousand nineteen. So when someone is uh, given a positive result for having uh, coronavirus or COVID nineteen, it's from a specific genetic strand. Our, our, our specific infection strand uh, that's only unique to uh, the COVID-19. So it's not a flu strand. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's much more aggressive on the respiratory system. So the things that we do, the tests that are uh, de- uh, seeking to detect are all, uh, all, all trails go back to the, the, the coronavirus. So it's nothing... Uh, inflated about uh, what we communicate. It's, it's, it's just the facts. And and, it's, and the sad thing about this is that the coronavirus is going to have the final say. And at the end of the day, it's going to tell you exactly uh, who it was and, and uh, what it did to your community. We have to be able to work with this virus in order to sustain ourselves and really just listen to facts and do the research yourself. We have absolutely no motivation to spread things that aren't aren't factually uh, uh, true and rooted in scientific uh, evidence. Okay, um, the the idea of masking, um, idea of the the fact of masking. I mean, I, I keep hearing and have seen this perpetuated in a, in a variety of places, and again by people who may I think otherwise should otherwise know better that masks don't work. And in fact, there's a, a current meme that's running around that got posted on on our own social media, uh, purporting to be from OSHA and demonstrating that hey, they just don't work. Um, and and it's it's hard to combat that kind of disinformation sometimes. At least that's what I look at. I look at it as disinformation. And, and it's very difficult to, to, to combat that. How would, you re- how would you have us respond to that as members of the news media? I mean, we, we, we're living it every day. And, and I just I hope I have time to share this. Uh, I received um, I received all the uh, death notifications in Williamson County. And uh, we received uh, a few uh, over the course of a weekend, maybe a month back, and it was all individuals, you know, well into their uh, their their eighties and nineties, mm-hmm. uh, and you know they transitioned by themselves. Uh, they, their family weren't there to 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 say goodbye, uh, ease their transition, if you will. And just have that opportunity to say goodbye, or even their own transition. <laughs> Correct, and that's what COVID has taken from so from us. And that's something that my staff witnesses uh, through their interactions, through the volunteer program that we have. And I'm saying all that to say this: it's not about 
you or me or maybe even our neighbor. It's about that vector that we can carry as a healthy human in Williamson County and give to someone who can't withstand that vector. And that's what the masks do. They minimize the risk, uh, maybe not so much to yourself, even though there's some evidence out there that it does help out the, the mask wearer as well. It's that person who you may be exposing who can't withstand the vector that you may be carrying. And this is a highly communicable disease. It doesn't care about your, your color. It doesn't care about your gender. It doesn't care about your income level. You know, and it's beginning to impact younger audiences and younger individuals in Williamson County. And, yeah, and the, we, the Fatality Sunday, I think it was, to, was to a gentleman in his 40s. That's correct. And, and if you happen to catch COVID, and you hear a lot of people saying, well, I think I've had COVID, um, you know, it doesn't matter if you feel like you have it. We don't even know if you can develop a, an immunity to having COVID. And it, it, it's evidence out there that it gives, it can give you long-term uh, health consequences or issues or scarring right. of the heart. Right. Oh. So, it, you know, so it's not like you get through the process and you're okay. It ple- you know, it, it's, and it's really about just being educated so you can educate your neighbor. But this, this, we're at a time right now where we have to do what's best for our county, for our state, for our nation. And, and it's about protecting that person who you may not know, that person who you may not like, or someone who may be a, a, a grandparent or a grandchild that has a compromised condition. No one is immune. And it's about caring for someone and, and really being selfless. And taking and being a leader in this community, and that's what we that's that's what we need. Right, right. I know. Speaking of leaders, I noticed that uh, Bell County this morning more or less repudiated their county judge and rolled back their mandatory masking ordinance or uh, orders. Um, Austin, on the other hand, is is doing everything everything they can to strengthen theirs. Um, I understand uh, from from kind of what I heard this morning that the mayors in Williamson County are are going to ask or going to, to, to implement the masking, uh, have businesses require their customers or their employees wear masks. Um, Round Rock evidently just did. I know that Taylor, uh, if it were up to Brant Rydell, he'd have done it last week. Um, uh, I have a feeling that Georgetown hit their trigger that they set just last week. It, it, what would you, what would you really be prefer? What would you prefer to hear from the top down? Because we know this is a top down kind of an issue. This miscommunications. Mm-hmm. What would you want them to be saying right now? I, I would even want our leaders from the federal level, the state level, and the local level is trust public health, trust your local public health authority, and resist resist every temptation that you have to interfere. Because the one thing that we aren't going to do is uh, rush COVID through our community. We're not going to um, uh, communicate any type of rhetoric that's going to rush a virus. And it's about communicating effective public health messages. That's the only thing that's going to help us in keeping our emergency rooms and our hospitals from overflowing. And, 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 you know, I, I've always said this is not a time to, 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 
or for the blame game, this is about a time to uh, hold each other accountable and be responsible for your neighbor. So from my perspective, it's all about communicating safe public health messages because nothing is more important than health promotion. It doesn't matter how many people we test in Williamson County. Unless we're able to implement those preventive methods, that negative test is only as good as the moment you left the, the testing lane. That's how communicable this disease is. So we don't want to reinforce any negative behaviors by you having a negative COVID test and feeling like your behaviors, your risky behaviors make you immune because they don't. Right. It's about practicing those social distancing measures and uh, staying apart from those people who you love the most. And that is tough because I'm living a life too. We're living that life and we have to come into the public health district every day and do our jobs and we take it home with us. We were working over the weekend, you know, so, I mean, it, it, it hasn't stopped for us in this six months. Right. 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 Um, if you will, kind of walk, help me go through the numbers a little bit. Uh, one of the things that I've learned recently is it's not so much, and this is kind of me digging into it to, to, to make sure I understood what I'm reporting. It's not so much that we have all these positive tests. It's how many of them are coming back that are positive. And, and then the, the compare and contrast to the except what appears to be an accelerating uh, uh, infection rate. Um, the, the counterintuitive part of this that people don't get because they'll say, oh, well, of course, we're doing we're doing more tests. So, of course, we have more cases. And, and that's not necessarily um, I don't want to say not the truth. That's not necessarily the point. Right. The point is the percentage of them that are coming back positive. Yeah. The, the, the one thing that the test doesn't do, the test doesn't give you a COVID-19. So, and what we're and what you're referring to is the positivity rate. Right. And if you look at our positivity rate from when we began testing in Williamson County up until now, you see a significant growth in that positivity rate. And that's and that's somewhat attributable to more testing being done, but it's not done being done at the level uh, that's showing that it's any type of decrease. Uh, we know that uh, the, the COVID-19 is uh, pretty rampant in Williamson County, and we've only scratched the surface in terms of identifying those individuals who've been impacted because, as you've heard, a large a portion of our population will be asymptomatic and just move through society freely without having uh, significant uh, symptoms. So mm -hmm. um, those are the ones that have to take care of um, everyone else. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty telling comment you made last week was if we don't get a handle on this, they'll know, there won't be anybody to shop at the stores you know, or, or, or take care of the community. Uh, and, and that's kind of part of the, the the conundrum is, yes, let's get business reopened, but if we don't do it safely, and we evidently are not doing it safely, um, then it's just we're just going to be back to square one for too very long at all. Yeah, you 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 you, are ne you will never see a, a, a prosperous community that's sick. In, in order to be economically solvent, you have to be a healthy community. Uh, and that's incredibly important. Um, but 
at that same on that same note, we understand uh, the importance of sustaining businesses. I don't think that we ever gave as a citizens, uh, citizen, as a community, I don't think we ever gave credence or gave the respect to the fact that we had to coexist with this virus when we reintegrated into society. Society. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we respected COVID-19, but this virus, uh, if you don't respect it, it will make you re- uh, respect it before it's uh, all said and done. And I don't mean to sound, uh, all, you know, come from a doomsday approach, but this is really serious and it's out of our hands at this point and it's in the hands of the citizens of Williamson County, this state, and this country. All public health can do is mitigate as much as we can. But without the help of every citizen in this county, uh, we're going to be in trouble. Um, I've heard you say that, that, and other public health professionals say, that what we're seeing today in terms of testing is really a a snapshot of what was happening two weeks ago. And it kind of helps us get a handle on what may happen in the next two weeks in terms of hospitalizations. How are we doing in, 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 in those terms? Well, we are seeing an uptick in the hospitalizations in Williamson County. And that's reflected on our dashboard on our website. So um, we are keeping an eye on that because we initially we had contingency plans. I have contingency plans with the um, the emergency, the, the Victor, Williamson County Emergency Services Department uh, or our ESOC uh, in terms of being able to, to stand up an expanded medical facility uh, if, in fact, we had to go go, uh, go down that route. Right, right. Okay, I'm uh, coming up on a time when I felt like I uh, couldn't keep you any longer. What is the one thing that you really want communicated to the general public right now? Um, the one thing I talked to my staff about, I, I apologize to them this morning because they've always been free to do their job absent of the politics, and they've been caught up in it. So I would have that same message to the community, you know, just follow the facts. Uh, we know in public health that mask wearing and social distancing do work. And really just think about your neighbor. Uh, think about um, going back to how life was. We can't get there unless everybody's on board. And that would be my message to um, not only Williamson County, but to Texas Um Oh, thank you for the opportunity. No problem. Thank you so much for sitting in on this. I appreciate it. Um, uh, and please take care of yourself. I appreciate it. Thank you. You too. You bet. Bye-bye. Well, folks, Season 1, Episode 1 is in the can. The Ragged Edge is a production of RTS Connect, helping public-facing organizations make their point, then stay on point. Opinions expressed here are those of the speakers and not, not necessarily those of Black Sparrow Radio. Production assistance provided by Shannon and her staff of free-range volunteers, and our thanks to them for this platform. Original theme music composed and performed by Ryan Stone. Hey, bud. Thanks for listening to The Ragged Edge. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week.